your message on five seven oh part what one please send us your message because really we've got no messages <laughs> Everybody. This is Y'all Heard. Yep. A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. First, verify that recording is happening. And then second, <laughs> we browse headlines and stuff to find topics that we hope will entertain each other. And you you guys too. Uh, You're while, an afterthought. While also giving you guys something to think about over your week ahead. And while not being related, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Yeah. Sometimes the topics are unrelated, and so are the (laughs) co-hosts. All the time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're always unrelated. But sometimes Uh, the topics are related, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's a a crapshoot. Pete, how was your week? I'm afraid of gambling. It's a (laughs) crapshoot. My week's my week's okay, Marissa. It's uh it's going. I don't think I did anything too exciting. My class is over. Well, I have to grade all their papers. Congratulations. But yeah, I made it through that. I also made it through the ten hour comedy bag bang episode. What? So I feel like that I feel like that's a major major. I don't know if that's a victory. I don't know. It's Thursday. It came out on Monday. Come on. I also had a lot of menial work to do at work, so it actually helped me through. Ten hours, like, happened what? Like, explain this to me. I have no idea what this is. It's not ten hours straight. It's uh, his, it's the it's the show's ten-year anniversary, so he had, like, a open-door policy, and anybody who wanted to come in, he was going to be there for ten hours. That's kind of the... Like, they have to be famous, or literally anyone? It was all people that you would have known oh, okay. from the show. Okay. Yeah. That sounds horrible for him. I don't know that it was a straight 10-hour recording. Okay. Yeah. Because he was open to it for 10 hours or something. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Interesting. Okay. So I did that this week. (laughs) All right. Cool. How about you, Marissa? Are you Um, leading a more interesting life than me? I mean, okay, two things. I signed up for a hip-hop class. I saw that. I, yeah, I will be doing a hip hop class. I don't next know how Wednesday. to properly respond to Instagram stories. So oh. that one, I was like, hey. <laughs> I'm going to do it with someone else, thank goodness. And two, this is not exciting to you, but I was so excited. I watched the Billboard <laughs> Music Awards yesterday, which, you by the way. Apparently, you, your father, and no one else in the country. <laughs> no. Everyone who liked BTS did, because that show was like the BTS show. They kept panning over to BTS every five seconds. Every celebrity kept being like, can't wait till BTS comes. Then when BTS played, everyone was just chanting things, and they just like won the whole show. If you don't know who BTS is, you're dumb. Oh, you don't know who BTS is? There you go, guys. I'm sorry. We're dumb. I thought I told you about BTS already. They're, um... You did, but just in case it's a first-time listener, 
They're a Korean boy band. Basically, they're the biggest boy band in the world right now. Uh, that was not me speculating. They are, I'm pretty certain. And uh, they were the first Korean uh, band to win Best of Boy Band in the Billboard Music Awards. That exists so that was, in 2019? Not Best Boy Band, I'm sorry. Best Band. Okay, okay. Not Best Boy Band. <laughs> they beat out Maroon 5. I was very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another so popular exciting. boy band. Just band, not boy band. I said that wrong. And uh, actually, they took home two Billboard Music Awards. And I think this is a historic moment uh, because K-pop is finally, Korean pop, is finally becoming a popular mainstream thing. The BTS is going to play the Rose Bowl. They were at the Grammys. They're, like, everywhere. I'm really excited to see, like, a band from another country having such success in the United States. So I was very excited. That made my week better. Good. I'm, I'm sorry, happy for you. Uninteresting to you. <laughs> I was at someone's house and I was like, "Can we see BTS perform?" And I didn't want to. And I guess to like, um, kind of to like torture me or like make me deal with what I asked for. I was forced to watch the whole show. We couldn't just keep flipping back and forth. I would be like, we don't need to keep watching this. And they would be like, no. So I watched three hours of the Billboard Music Awards. That's just rough. That's like making the kid smoke all the cigarettes. Exactly. <laughs> Madonna was a little bizarre. Oh, God. The person I was watching it with hadn't heard a Madonna song before. And boy, was that a bad indication. What? Of what yeah. What? Where did they live? Yeah. Isn't that insane? And uh, Mariah Carey was notably horrible. I don't know why anyone lets her sing anymore. Taylor Swift is a twat. Ariana Grande is also a twat. The end. Nice. Yeah, so that's all I got. Icebreaker. Do you have an icebreaker? (laughs) No. Okay. Yesterday I had a bunch of weird dreams. I had one dream last night. That I was in a Walmart, which I don't shop at Walmart, but I was in Oh, a, I'm sorry. You're yeah, better than that? That's fine. I love Walmart. I'll go there. <laughs> I don't shop at Walmart, but I had a dream that I was in a Walmart, and all I needed to buy was like a like microwave popcorn, and uh-huh. I was just like, will anyone help me find the popcorn? And then I found the snack aisle, and I was so excited, but there was no popcorn in the snack aisle, and I stopped somebody who worked Ooh. there, and I was like, where is the popcorn? Isn't it in the snack aisle? And they were like, popcorn isn't a snack. And I was like, well, then what the hell is it? What is it? It's a way of life? I don't know if I found it. No. No, you know what? What is popcorn if not a snack? I don't, a way I don't of know. Life? They didn't okay. answer me. They but, thought you should know already, but okay. Truth, truth be told, I ended up finding it on an end cap somewhere in the store. Like in the, uh, but the end cap of what? Like I don't the know. cereal? I don't think it was near the food. Mm, it's probably near like the. Uh, I'm I'm envisioning like. Uh, DDs. Like baby stuff. Popcorn isn't for babies. That's just sharp. I know. Don't blame me. Blame Walmart in my dreams. I'll dream. blame whoever I want to blame. Okay. I just decided to tell you that that has nothing to do with the icebreaker idea I had. But I think I had a dream too that I was in detention, and I was okay. going to ask you if you had like any stories about detention. But then I also. I'm sorry, you think I've had detention before? (laughs) What? I have. I have never, ever (laughs) been in trouble in my life. 
I almost got into trouble once, and then I did not, because I am indestructible. (laughs) Detention! How many detentions have you had? I remember, here's what I, like, the thing that I hated the most about detention is, if I got on the bus after school, at a normal time, I would be home within, like, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But if I got detention, I had to stay at school for like an extra period, I don't know, like 40 minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Then I had to get on a bus. And regionally, it's like they combined 10 buses into one bus. Mm-hmm. And I had to wait like an hour and a half to get home. <laughs> I mean, suck. You just should have knocked on to detention. Versa, what did you do? I talked during the announcements. <laughs> oh, I talked all the time. And just look at sure me nobody now. saw me. I won't speak to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Mr. Wastel uh, ruined, oh, well, ruined my socializing. Dell's a bitch, right? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. If okay. you had your own TV network, Marissa, what would you put on it? Like shows that already exist? Or like you could be like all K-pop all day, you know, something like that. Oh, it would be like a mixture of Korean dramas and American teen dramas, not like adult dramas. <laughs> But all the Korean dramas would be dubbed, so no one had to read subtitles. So my channel would just be called Drama Central. Okay. And it would just be a... Actually, at a sermon, I would say world dramas. I won't stop at Korean. Oh. I'll have other dramas. I'll have Spanish dramas, Japanese dramas, Indian dramas. Canadian and dramas. And American dramas. What? Canadian dramas. Yeah, Canadian K- dramas. Kiwi dramas. <laughs> Kiwi dramas. However, none of it is subtitled. All yeah. of it is dubbed. That is my network. You? All dubbed by the same person it should be. No. Get out of here. I'm not a monster. I think what would be really interesting with that is that eventually, like, especially in today's, you know. Political climate. Media. Media rampage. You would have to force some crossovers. Like you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to have that network and not have like at least a couple of episodes where like the telenovela crosses over with the Japanese drama. Oh, that'd be oh, that'd be cutting edge. Or like Riverdale goes to Korea or something the like Hollywood. that. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I like that. Ooh, I like that. Okay. I didn't really have any. I think the thing that I would want in a TV channel, I think I would want all the shows that I like that got canceled like not ones that finished but we need examples of ones that got canceled we need examples well there's a lot from uh like sci-fi channels from fox when i was growing up like the show mantis which Mm -hmm. is about a disabled man who's a superhero when he puts on a suit not like a business suit (laughs) that sounds that reminds me of the cape or the do you remember the cape one not really no okay never mind continue and then there was Strange Luck, which was another one. Then there was VR5. Strange Pete, Luck. no one knows what any Ex- of these shows exactly. you're saying are, and that's why they're canceled. No, nobody knows what they are because they were canceled. Mm, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Debatable. And then, like, True TV just canceled Those Who Can't. So that would be on there immediately. Let's let's bring that on board. Those Who Can't. What's that about? It's a sitcom about teachers at a public high school. Oh, that sounds like a fun one. And the Chris Gethard show, they they canceled that. We could throw mm-hmm. throw so the, some of those reruns on there. The the network certainly, obviously, one hundred percent will not last because everything on it has been canceled. 
Okay. But I think we'll have some diehard fans for the first like run of every one of the series. People will be like, oh my gosh, I can watch this again. And then it'll be over. <laughs> but I mean, if these things are good enough and just people didn't see them, then they'll stand the test of time. Yeah. We'll end up bringing Mantis back, even though like the star is... I don't Dead? Know, or really old. <laughs> when, how, when, when was that Mantis from again? Uh, sometime in the 90s. Okay, interesting. Okay, all right. I like it. Yeah, it, it's very you. Ooh, there was a USA Channel show called G versus E, and it was it stood for Good versus Evil. Was okay, that was a dumb show. Then there was the Invisible Man with Vincent Van Tresca. Should I know who that is? Nope. Okay. <laughs> That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, Pina's interesting. Uh taste guys in case you didn't know that but you know marissa no you what? can't even find these things on video <clears throat> why that was for your that was for your segue oh <laughs> wait did i tell you what it was about you told me the topic and i googled and i just saw one line and i was like oh, okay let me see yeah, if i, I can like, help i was like that's ironic that's related and then i did it <laughs> okay okay Guys, so I need to thank our loyal listener, Mike Dominic, for this topic. I had no topic. I didn't tell him, but coincidentally, he sent me this article. And he wasn't like, use this. He just sent it to me because it's interesting. He generally sends me interesting stories. I'll just be honest. So, Mike, if you are listening, you can fast forward to Pete's part because I am just basically reading pieces <laughs> of this article. But I don't feel like the average person knows about this. So I wanted to talk about it. I'm going to need to talk about Marion Stokes. And there will soon be a documentary debuting at the Tribeca Film Festival called Recorder, colon, the punctuation mark, not Recorder, colon. So Recorder, the Marion Stokes story. <laughs> so, Pete, did you Google enough to know like what her deal is? I Googled, what I think I did Google, like, I should try to think of coming up with an easy segue for Marissa or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily easy, but like help out if I could. And then yeah. you're talking about how these are like possibly related topics. And then I was like, oh, I wonder what. Anyway, at a certain point, once I come up with my topic and I kind of know what yours is, I even start mm-hmm. looking for pictures of the cover and everything like that. Uh, so that was why I looked. But I just saw uh, our archivist. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that they are uh, definitely related, but I would say they're related in in the form of, like, conspiracy theories, because yours is... I didn't see anything about her related to a conspiracy theory. Okay. So it's exciting for me, too. So there's not a conspiracy theory with her. She's kind of been searching for conspiracy theories. So I thought her story was interesting because it's like, there's a fine line between, like, becoming obsessed with a mission a mission that you feel will better society and just like becoming insane. So let me start from the beginning. Marion Stokes was an African-American woman, was, mind you, an African woman, African-American woman, sorry, living in Philadelphia where I live, who worked as a librarian and generally spent most of her life when she was out and about traveling in extreme leftist circles. In her childhood, which may or may not have impacted her future, she was put up for adoption by her mother, who kept and raised all the children after her. And Marion took that as absolute betrayal, which some speculate perhaps 
sparked a fundamental uh, paranoia within her. But, you know, that that's debatable. Anyway, so Marianne... For, for people that don't go to whatever length she goes to, they would just say that you have trust issues. Yeah, there we go. That's from the article. So Marianne ended up living in Philadelphia as she got older, and she ended up being a panelist in a local news show called Input. So Input is was a show where people from like very different perspectives would come on and kind of discuss a topic. A lot of those things exist today, but the article notes that it was way different from your usual talking head show today where everyone's yelling at each other and nobody gets a point across. This was in a more civil time where people generally tried to come to a consensus and listen to each other's points. And the anchor of the show was someone named John Stokes. And he was a very rich man who was known to be very kind-hearted and a very good, like, balanced anchor of the show. Marion and John Stokes got to like each other after, you know, exchanging their ideas on the show for a while. They fell in love. And he actually had a wife already, but he left his wife to marry Marion. So the couple moved into a building. I didn't understand the reason to to point this out, but into a building on Rittenhouse Square, parentheses, the poshest address in Philadelphia. Fun fact, I live in Rittenhouse Square. I do not, is so posh. I do not live in the poshest apartments in this area. Perhaps I live in one of the lesser Back apartments. Back then, perhaps? I mean... I think your building in its heyday probably yeah. was super nice. And I definitely... Which, I really, by the way, doesn't mean that her building isn't nice now, okay, guys? Yes, it's fine. And by the way, my this area is still posh. I was looking at apartments for rent or for... I mean, condos for sale. They're like $4 million, and they're like down the street from me. And I was like, people are living differently than me, just <laughs> down the street. Anyway, so as I said, they were rich. Uh, John Soap's incredibly rich. So they bought what was cutting-edge technology at the time, a Betamax machine, which was like a VCR and recorder combo. If you don't even know what a VCR is, I doubt that's the case with anyone listening to us, but that is the precursor to DVDs. But it was like a gigantic cassette tape you put in a thing, and it had movies on it, or you could record TV shows on it. Is that a good explanation of a VCR? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Why? Why is that a bad one? Gigantic was a little much. <laughs> well, for a cassette tape, it's like a cassette tape times three, times four. I don't know. Anyway, so Marion started innocently enough uh, taping Star Trek reruns because she really uh, enjoyed the show. But there was something that was the catalyst to the insanity that ensued. There was an Iran hostage crisis in 1979 uh, that seemed to trigger something in her. She became started becoming extremely untrusting of the official story coming from uh, most news outlets. Marion became certain that in the early reports of the hostage crisis that the news reporters said that they were CIA operatives involved. They were some of the hostages. But then she said later on, the reports mentioned nothing of it, as if, like, that had never happened. Pete, are you familiar with the hostage crisis at all? Uh, only peripherally. Do you remember anything about CIA people? Not exactly, no. So exactly. She said that uh, the first report said there were CIA people taken hostage, and all of a sudden that was missing from all subsequent reports. 
So Marion decided she needed to take action. So she decided she needed to start recording literally everything that she could possibly record. Because she felt like you needed to have record of things so that you could review it further if need be. As the Iran saga was unfolding, apparently there was like a shift in the way news was reported. The Ted Koppel show Nightline, which was a late night news program, premiered around that time. And also around that time, CNN launched uh, the 24-hour news channel. So as there was more news available, Marion decided, not just like, "Mm, I guess I better pick my favorite. She decided, I need to tape it all. Like a responsible consumer. (laughs) Yes. So she bought more televisions and like an endless supply of tapes. She eventually become, became, like, just totally alienated her family. She had a son, I forgot to mention. And she just basically, like, stopped talking to her son. And her mission in life was to record everything. She stopped talking to her son, her husband. I think there were daughters involved. She just, like, alienated them all. She was focused on her recordings because she was focused on finding pieces of information that other people did not see or other people might overlook. She was obsessed with finding the truth. She felt like this was an altruistic deed. Uh, there was no one else collecting this footage at such a rate at the time. Or if they were, they couldn't be trusted. Like, she was the only trustworthy person keeping track of everything going on. So basically, this consumed her life. The documentary, which will be coming out, shows that her behavior becomes very erratic and paranoid as time goes by. And her house is just filled with, like, televisions. Uh, she's rich enough to have staff and chauffeurs and everything. And on the rare times when she would leave her house, she would always have to be rushed home by her chauffeur whenever it was time to swap in a fresh new tape. So she was constantly uh, replacing the tapes to make sure nothing was missed. And she had to do it herself. Yeah, she had to because she was the one. This was her mission. Kids on these giant videotapes, you could only record up to six hours. Oh, they weren't giant. They're big. Okay. And um, the documentary, this is like a promotion for the documentary, but basically this is like a teaser of her life, and if you find it interesting, watch the documentary when it comes out. But the documentary goes all the way through her death. So she died around the time of the Sandy Hook shooting, which is when a bunch of elementary school kids were killed uh, in 2012. And basically she dies recording footage of the shooting on eight separate televisions on eight different channels simultaneously. And you might wonder, she died, so then what? Does her family keep this going? No. When she died, her son stopped recording the things. Now... Was she still using tapes? Yeah. Despite the fact that DVD... Uh, DVR. Actually, yeah, despite the fact that DVR technology had come out by 2012, Marion didn't trust it. Yeah, why would you? Like, she didn't want, quote unquote, them to know what she was watching. The TV company. Yeah, so she didn't want any sort of, like, government or commercial or, like, corporate interference with what she was doing. Obviously, what she did ruined her life, but it wasn't all for naught. Media specialists and news historians are kind of obsessed with what she did. She ended up leaving about 70,000 tapes behind. And 
you know, thankfully it wasn't all a waste. It's not like they threw out all her videotapes and it was like, wow, that was interesting. Some poor intern has to digitize all that. (laughs) Archive.org currently has all of her tapes and they are currently working on digitizing and preserving everything that she recorded. Which I find very interesting. I mean, I don't really know what they would do with it, but I think it's kind of great. I feel really bad for her family, but, uh, I think it's kind of a fascinating mission to have, and it's, it's kind of valid. Like, I don't think one woman should have been in charge of that. I think she should have. She was so rich, she should have had like a like an organization that that was her focus. But it is very valid because now, like, there's an that angle. would be messed up if, like, in this day and age, Donald Trump could lie as much as he wanted, and there was no one to like point back to footage. Granted, even when we do point back to footage, it achieves nothing. But I'm just saying. Anyway, what? I was just say it. It sounds a lot more romantic than like screen capping a tweet today. Yeah, exactly. It kind of makes you feel like you have a mission. Like I feel like the the like physical nature of having to go in and store the tapes and change the tapes somehow makes it feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. Not this passive like mm, screenshot. Okay. Like there's something interesting. Yeah, you're right. Like romantic the way you said it. Like I like it. But her poor her poor family. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It is demanding. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's Marion Stokes. Like I said, I think Michael Dominic for sending that my way is interesting. Any questions, Pete? Uh, I probably don't know the answer because I only had the information I shared, but <laughs> any questions? No. Oh, do you feel that our topics are related at all? Like, do you understand why I said they were mildly related? Yeah. Okay. But you're like, yeah, but come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, but you can do better. Speaking of Mike Dominic, did you guys hear that vocal fry? Anyway, it's been 35 episodes since we talked about aliens. What? How is that? Is Mike Dominic an alien? What is the correlation? The last time we talked about aliens, a friend of Marissa's came up. We were talking about Janet Airlines, which is the secret airline that you I know, forgot about that. Maybe cool. <laughs> takes employees to and from Area 51. Yeah. So. I was like, oh, what am I going to cover this week? Let's see. And then I was like, aliens. No, I think what happened was I switched over to the Y'all Heard Twitter account where I subscribed to a bunch of weird news sources. And this this topic came across my eye. And I was like, oh, but we talk about aliens so much. No, we don't. And then I was like, we haven't talked about aliens in, yeah, like 35 episodes. Yeah. So we're just going to jump into a brand new, I'm not going to say brand new because we'll get into it, but a fairly recent conspiracy theory, one that's gaining steam uh, solely because of the coverage, but it's basically from a Dr. Young Hei Chi, who recently published a book called Alien Visitations and the End of Humanity. I'm ready to be very upset by the information you share with me. I just want you to know. The end of humanity sounds really scary, but it might not be. Pete, if you, shut up. If you hear me out. Shut up. In 2012, Dr. Chi produced an hour-long lecture. He didn't, like, video produce it, but he, like, said it. So I kind of, like, used a real loose word. Okay. At the AMAC conference, where he also brags that it's the very first time he's ever used PowerPoint. What's AMAC? Good question, Marissa. AMAC is an acronym, A-M-M-A-C, for Anomalous Mind Management Abductee Contactee Helpline. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, 
which brought to my attention that you can be a contactee and not an abductee. Of course. You stay here and talk to aliens. Of course you can. What if seems... spaces don't abduct you? The uh, gray whites or whatever? Right. Yeah. It seems like this organization had this conference at least for a few years from 2011 to 2017 maybe it was like the company was renamed the company the organization the thing that i have found on a number of forums is that sometimes a lot of these groups the people in charge of them they don't necessarily like lose interest but sometimes people can become corrupt sometimes two people who are running an organization might go their separate ways that sort of stuff so (laughs) yeah might they might still exist as a group but i couldn't find what they turned into but we don't need to get into the groups because really you could do a whole uh, podcast about the ufo groups and the people in them you're telling me dr chi builds off of research is he asian yes okay thank you from long time alien researcher david jacobs who says that aliens are among us they're breeding with humans, and they're taking steps to dominate the human race. Ew, okay. I'm not going to spoil what you told me, but are they breeding with the thing you told me? No, no. We'll get that's, to that. Don't worry. Don't worry, listeners. Disgusting. She's not being too mysterious. Okay. Dr. Chi, in a wonderful way, says, yes, I accept the first part. Aliens Don't are among us. Don't actually realize, Pete. Tell us how it. <laughs> I didn't mean his inflection either. Just I thought this was a very optimistic per- perspective. I accept the first part. Aliens are among us, and they are breeding with humans. But why, David Jacobs, do you insist that it's for malicious purposes? Yeah, David Jacobs. So she hypothesizes one possibility. Aliens are breeding with humans, and they have been for years in an effort to save the Earth. From oh, afar... This is what your tactic is. (laughs) From afar, aliens of various types have noticed humanity killing the Earth, and they have decided to save the planet by breeding with humans so that alien-human hybrids are born who are smart enough to identify the solutions to the threats of climate change. Mm. Makes sense, right? Yes. Total. 100%. Now, a lot of people actually do buy into the alien-human hybrid theory, for malicious purposes, but truly marketable genius Chi manages to connect it with the other hot ticket buzz item, climate change. Brilliant. Hot buzz item. <laughs> hot ticket buzz. I'm sorry. Buzz item. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> that, that sentence was interesting and I needed to think about it. That wasn't even a sentence. That was a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that good. Touche. My information for this topic comes from the Oxford student quote, Oxford's biggest newspaper, and from Chi's lecture. Yes, I watched probably 40 minutes of his hour-long lecture. Is this the most research anyone's ever done for this podcast? <laughs> Bad news first, everybody. Chi's book is written in Korean, so um, we're not really sure if it's ever going to be translated to English so that we can read it. If we had my network yeah. translate. Korean things would become more prevalent and cheese book would be translated. Yeah. Yep. I'll tell you later why it's uh, published in Korean. Because he's but Korean. The good news... Because he's Korean. Right? I don't know if he's Korean. But maybe. That makes um, sense. Listen, it's not about the man, it's about the theory, okay? Debatable. Continue. <laughs> it's not the end of humanity. 
Okay. He says the end of humanity. That's a really easy way to sell a book. But aliens aren't going to come to the Earth and kill everybody or anything like that, like you see in like scary movies. They're going to breed. They're going to breed humans out of existence. (laughs) So this is a very long game. Who doesn't know that? So far, it's been proven fruitful if you follow cheese logic. Look at the leaps and bounds the technology has taken over just the past few decades. It seems like things are moving so fast. Do you really think that humans are capable of that kind of stuff without some help? Yes. As Dr. G says, (laughs) if their civilization has reached us, it must have developed for many hundreds, thousands, or even millions of years. So they have all this cool stuff and all this wonderful knowledge that they can bring to... Wait, wait, wait. How old does he think our civilization is? I don't know what science... That's a good question. He didn't really say. Okay. I mean, we're working off of the uh, idea of, what, thousands? I forget all the time. Isn't thousands what religious people believe? Right. But scientists? Yeah, we're we're not going to go down that path. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Some of you embittered listeners might say, Why is an alien going to give a crap about us? I mean, very true. She explains that aliens must share our biosphere. So on one hand, if aliens have been colonizing on Earth for hundreds of years, there's a factor of self-preservation there. But more likely, he believes, we are closer than we think. According to Wikipedia, a biosphere is the global ecological system integrating all living things and their relationships. According to G, fish share our biosphere, Yeah, valid. but they only share it in as much as they know how. Okay. Staying in the water, for example. So it's not like a fish knows a person is out here. Similarly, we humans can only explore our biosphere as much as we know how, which is limited by, he says, our organs, which I think is weird. What? He says we're limited by our organs, but I think he means our senses. (laughs) No, he means organs. Don't mansplain to him. (laughs) All of this is a product of alien abduction stories in which aliens are warning of the destruction of humanity and Earth. People have vivid depictions and warnings that come to them. In others, there are experiments experiments done on abductees. In both cases, there's a vested interest in preservation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're like, hey, the Earth is going to die. you got to do something to change that. Or like, hey, I'm going to put an alien baby in your womb and you're going to give birth to an alien baby. Hey, baby, give me that womb. Right. Womb, baby. Now, in case you're wondering, this is where Marissa got a little off track. Dr. G believes that there are four types of aliens. Hear me out here. Because if they do not overlap with ours, he doesn't use the same terminology that Marissa used when she covered different alien species. When I say when he says I use it, he doesn't mean I made them up. No, I did the research. I feel like he is like using different words as if to say like like when a student writes a paper, but they put it in their own words and they're like, "It's my original thought. I don't have to cite anything." Okay, so let's see. He believes there are four types of aliens. First, small. Second, tall and bold. Wait, wait, okay. Yep. Small, grays. Right. Tall and bold. Mm, see, that's hard because tall and bold 
The Nordic slash great white or tall whites. I keep saying great whites. Tall whites are tall, but they're not bold because they don't really have contact with humans. But when I tell you the next two, you'll be like, oh, it's got to be them. Okay. Aliens with scales and snake eyes. Yes, okay. That's reptilians. what he calls that category. He could just easily call it reptilians. Yeah. But he calls it aliens with scales and snake eyes. Okay. So maybe he doesn't know what bold me. And finally, insect-like aliens. No. Oh, but Marissa, Marissa was really like, ew. Yeah, and ew. I, I don't even about... like insects that aren't aliens. No, no, no. They're insect-like aliens. They're insectoids. Ugh. Marissa, you should probably stop making all these noises. Why? Because the insect aliens are the ones who tell every other alien what to do. So, what are you trying to say? They're going to kill me? Saying, yeah, show some respect. No! Until you show me (laughs) insects, eat my ass. I don't care. No, don't. In his lecture... Not you, I was talking to the aliens, but also I want to take that back. Also, you can leave that. (laughs) Okay. Dr. Chi... I'm um, sorry. In his lecture... Spends 20 minutes explaining climate change effects. You know. I yeah, I know. I didn't even take any notes. We all know the world's going to hell because of climate change related things. The Green Deal, am I right? The Green New Deal. So, oh, um, sorry. Now might be a good time to tell you guys that Dr. Chi is being covered by the Oxford newspaper because he is a lecturer at Oxford. Okay. What does that mean to me? He's a college professor and he's a doctor. Okay. Of Korean studies. Okay. Are you trying to say that that this is crazy that a doctor has these opinions? I don't care what you're trying to say. I'm trying to say that the scientific (laughs) theories he seems to be drawing and just conveniently having doctor in front of his name, they don't really match up as well as we might hope. Okay. Okay. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. His research interests include instructional technique in the acquisition of modern languages, Christianity in Korean religious culture, Dialogue between ethics, politics, and Christianity, and North Korean refugee problems and the role of nonprofit government organizations. Might so I just say, if he's not Korean, I want to know what his deal is. We'll continue. <laughs> Dr. Chi pitches more of the why of the climate change stuff with a few scenarios like why this why the aliens would be coming to help us with climate change. In a few scenarios at the end of his lecture, he put together like eight slides. So for his first time using PowerPoint, way to go. Yeah. In one, hybrids are bred. Now, you're going to want to interject here, Marissa. I promise to give you opportunities. (laughs) In In one situation, he proposes that perhaps hybrids are bred, then transported to another world, and then when the (sighs) Earth dies... Pete, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Do you have any plugs? (laughs) I'm sorry, continue. So, the hybrids are bred, and then they're transported to another world when Earth gets worse, okay? So that means the alien-human hybrids are going to live on another planet someplace. Who's transporting them? The aliens. Oh, older? Oh, they're, they're transporting babies to things? Yeah. Okay, okay. 
So you're like, why would you even bother to breed with humans then? Why don't you just be an alien someplace else? Yeah, Which is, by the way, very uh, ethnocentric. Because they want our compassion. The speculation is that the aliens see something worthwhile in our DNA and they want to preserve it. Perhaps it is compassion. Mmm. Mmm, okay. He even believes that whatever the thing is, it may relate to reproduction. Uh, so that it could assist aliens with their own reproduction. So if they make a alien-human hybrid, in a way, it's extending their species' life, you know? Just yeah, with a little okay. bit of human in it. Okay. Hybrids help them, too. But here's the twist ending in this scenario. The hybrids may already be gone, and we're just living out the destruction of the world. Ew, that's gross. I don't like it. Second scenario, since you don't like the first, says that the breeding takes place, the brain hybrid power solves the problem of the environmental crisis, and humans technically perish because over time they're replaced by alien-human hybrids, a sort of continuation of humans. So we die regardless. This is a very self-centered approach, though. Well, Marissa, I don't know if this is the appropriate place to sort of, like, pull back the curtain on this, but all of us are going to die someday. Don't eat it. Okay? Go eat it. So, his point would be that over, like, thousands of years or something, yeah, human beings would be bred out. You might already be a hybrid, Marissa, for all you know. I mean, my brother does tell me my mother's not human, but he doesn't say alien. (laughs) He says the gorilla that lived in a garbage can. But that's a whole other... That's a whole whole thing to unpack, guys. His third scenario is very similar to the first. Hybrids happen. They are kept elsewhere. And then humanity dies off in this world that is decaying. Oh, I'm sorry. And their birth is called happening? No. Then Happen the aliens... <laughs> then the aliens bring the hybrids back to Earth to repopulate the planet with a new species. All right. All right. It's fine. <laughs> now, in my brain... That's fine. This was, this was a good time to throw in this logical aspect that eluded me before. The hybrids could be produced off Earth. I'm sorry. I forgot where and I was. See? She's a hybrid. <laughs> so, like, if a human gets abducted, right, they could take genetic material from the human and then breed it with their own species someplace else. Mm-hmm. And then just drop the human back on Earth. Yeah. And then the human, you know, is laughed at and ridiculed for being an abductee, uh, at which point they have to call Amac for some support, you know? Of course. So my favorite part of of his lecture is his finale. And Marissa, this one's for you. Thank Uh, you. He encourages humans to solve climate change and stay alive longer. I mean, yeah. He's like, basically... Let's show these aliens, who's really smart, that we can handle this climate change problem ourselves, and they shouldn't plan on coming back here anytime soon. Okay, sure. And it's almost like a, like a very meek, um, don't say Mill, a very oh, meek, I want <laughs> a very meek coach almost, going like, let's get out there, guys, and let's solve this climate change problem ourselves. And then show those aliens who's boss, you know? 
But yeah, to like that to end, them, but yeah. if it's scenario number three and they're just waiting to bring people back to Earth, then I feel like they're just going to be like, well, they didn't die off the way we thought they would, so I guess we yeah, got to yeah. kill them ourselves. Uh, aliens are so scary. <laughs> As I mentioned, this was surface covered in a lot of different outlets. Most of them are tabloids. How recent is this? This, uh, Oh, that's a good point. So his lecture was from 2012. It's available on YouTube. Check it out. <laughs> All right. His book, though, I believe was just published last year. Okay. So the book is getting some coverage. And, you know, he it's it's almost like the people writing about it in non-tabloid publications are just towing the line of making fun of him. Aw, poor but, baby. Yeah. He could have written stories about Korean Christianity. Or books about Korean Christianity, I mean, but he chose to write about aliens instead. I mean, just like Marion Stokes, it's just a calling you have, and whether or not people understand it, you got to follow it. Yeah. Unless to kill people. Then don't sure. follow it. Please. Thank I you. I mean, like, okay. What? <laughs> what? What? You want to say there's some way that's acceptable? Like Joan of Arc? Uh, what was the context in which she killed people? For God. Pete, that's a slippery slope. Please, please take back what you just said. Please take back what you just said. Pete didn't mean it. He didn't know what he said. He made mistakes. So punch you. I didn't tell anybody to go kill anybody. You just said that there were times that it was acceptable. Anyway, moving on. Plugs. You got any plugs? I, if you don't know who BTS is, I recommend you Google them. I think this is my plug before. Not because, like, ooh, Marissa's obsessed with them, something, and she won't shut up about it. But this is a big part of, this is a big cultural moment. And they're huge. So if you don't want to be totally out of the know, if you don't want to be totally in the dark, at least know who they are. You don't have to love them. You don't need to keep watching them. But at least just watch, like, a little one video, their Boy With Love video, or their SNL performance of Boy With Love, or their Billboard Music Award Boy With Love performance. Just watch one so you're in the know. That's my plug. My plug is, you don't have to be in the know. Be you. <laughs> oh, let's negate each other's plugs, bitch. God, what else? No, I want to plug... For your plug. <laughs> I want to plug Dennis Quaid. Because Dennis Quaid is going to be in two movies, two movies out in theaters for the month of May. And I think that's amazing for him. I keep thinking he's the one that died, Bill Paquin or Bill Pankin or Bill... Paxton? Paxton. Also, uh, my plug is to not care about Dennis Quaid. What is You don't need to know him. You don't really have to. One he, is The Intruder, which I would love to see because it looks like a great like lifetime movie that somehow yeah. got a wide release. And the other it's one like is, a is A Dog's Journey, which, no surprise to you, if you listened to a few episodes ago, my mom was like, that looks so good. I'm sorry. Did you say A Dog's Purity? Yeah, that's what I said. A Dog's, a, a dog's Purity. Go f*** yourself. I didn't think Purity. A, a Dog's Journey. Journey, thank you. I thought what your was... mother wanted to watch Mary Magdalene or whatever. No. 
What was the movie that came before? Is a dog's journey? Do you? Remember? No, your mother wanted to see. Uh, boy comes out of the ice. You know, though that sounds like a movie I would want to see. Boy comes out of the ice, <laughs> but not whatever not the, the one your that mom one was called. Yes. Oh, the previous, the previous. So, a dog's journey is the sequel to a dog's purpose. Okay. Get out of here. My mom goes, that looks so good. Your mother is blessed. And I said, don't you think it's a little strange? She's like, what? Mercy, do you know? I'm sorry. Do you know the plot of this movie? No, of course I don't. Oh, Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. This is the one where the dog jumps out the window and goes sightseeing and then loses his owner. Is it that? So the, the plot summary on IMDb for a dog's journey is a dog finds the meaning of his own existence through the lives of the humans that he meets. I'm sorry, a dog? Yeah, a dog. Okay, continue. A dog's purpose. A dog's, a dog's pur- purpose was yeah. a dog looks to discover the purpose in his life over the course of several lifetimes and owners. So the way that this movie Why works. Why does he have several lifetimes? Hear me is out. I haven't. I is haven't this seen dog this. No, immortal? listen. Listen, this is the way that it works. The dog is a dog. The dog is a dog, and when the dog dies, the dog's soul question mark jumps into the body of another dog. No, 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 no. And then that dog has a new owner and learns about life through that new owner. And then that dog dies, and the soul question mark goes into yet another dog. (laughs) Oh, I love seeing a movie where a dog dies a whole bunch of times. So my mom goes. That looks so good. And I said, don't you think it looks weird? And she goes, why? And I said, because it looks like it's a very Christian movie, but we don't believe in reincarnation. Yeah, what did she say? she's like, what do you mean? And I said that the dog keeps ending up in new dogs. And she's (laughs) like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I like your mama. Your mom's real cool. So let's hear it for Dennis Quaid and BTS. Thank you. Thank you. So right, so real. I'll, I'm going to piggyback on Marissa's, and every time she says BTS, I think of this song that's called BTS by a rapper named Merce, and I think it came out in the early 2000s. I bet so you can YouTube that. I bet it's about the, the boy bands. It totally is. Mm-hmm. 570 one I'm sorry. Is our number, and Marissa must have to go to the bathroom or something. No, I just like to abruptly say bye. I think it's entertaining to me, but I talked over that. So I'll say it bye. again. I missed it. Fuck <laughs> you. 570-PODWOD1. <laughs> bye. Yeah.